was legendary. Dozens of children would fall by my blades. <laughs> then the parents of Springwood came for me. Justice into their own hands. When I was alive, I might have been a little naughty, but after they killed me, I became something much, much worse. The stuff nightmares are made of. The children still feared me, and their fear gave me the power to invade their dreams. And that's when the fun really began. Until they figured out a way to forget about me. To erase me completely. Being dead wasn't a problem, but being forgotten! Now that's a bitch! Come back if nobody remembers me! I can't come back if nobody's afraid! I had to search the bowels of hell. But I found someone. Someone who'll make them remember. He may get the blood, but I'll get the glory. And that fear is my ticket home. The hope had been there ever since A Nightmare on Elm Street slashed its way to the top of the American horror scene in the mid-1980s. How great would it be if Freddy Krueger and Jason Voorhees came together in a single movie? It was a hopeful idea put out there by the fans, but it wasn't completely without precedent. After all, Frankenstein's monster met the Wolfman all the way back in 1943, Godzilla duked it out with King Kong in the early 60s, so it was about time for two more of the world's biggest horror icons to settle their differences on the big screen. There were even talks behind the scenes about bringing Elm Street and Camp Crystal Lake together as early as 1987, around the time Jason was living again and the Dream Warriors had set a new course for Freddy. The problem was, Paramount owned the rights to Jason while New Line was the house that Freddy built. Neither company could agree on who should produce and distribute the film, so the battle between Freddy and Jason would have to be decided in endless debates among the people who had pushed for the idea in the first place, the fans. With mainstream interest in both series sharply declining as the 80s turned into the 90s, any real hope for a crossover between the two series was all but gone. But just like Freddy had shown us repeatedly over the years, the dream, or the nightmare, can never really die. As long as people remember, there's always potential for a return, and the man keeping the memory alive during this time was Friday the 13th co-creator Sean S. Cunningham. After the less-than-stellar performance of Jason's trip to Manhattan, the rights to use Jason Voorhees were sold a new line, and Sean Cunningham renewed the push for a Freddy and Jason crossover. Freddy officially died in 1991, and when fans saw Freddy's hand pull Jason's mask down to hell in 1993, hopes reached an all-time high. As early as 1995, news confirming Freddy vs. Jason was a real thing was actually happening began to circulate. Unfortunately, behind-the-scenes struggles including tons of terrible ideas, 
and more than a little apathy about the project stalled production, maybe for good this time. But the idea lived on. Perhaps fittingly, picking up the struggle to convince New Line to make the movie happen were longtime fans of both franchises, Damian Shannon and Mark Swift. They had written an ambitious script that got New Line interested once again. Maybe it was because both series had gone to places nearly impossible to sensibly come back from. Jason went to space in the future and Freddy came all the way out of the movies and into the real world. Or maybe it was just a series of fortunate events, but everything finally came together for a faithful yet fresh new look at both Jason and Freddy in a movie that would cap off the original runs of both classic franchises. But with New Line in control, could the fight between two slasher icons ever be fair? And after over a decade of hopes and promises, would the movie live up to what fans had created in their own minds? Find out tonight as we once again take a look at Freddy vs. Jason, this time from the perspective of it being part of the Nightmare on Elm Street series, here in The Last Theater. Welcome once again to The Last Theater, my name is Chris. And my name is Joey. And we are back once again for another installment of the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise retrospective, which you can find on cnjradio.com. And you can also find the Friday the 13th franchise retrospective, also on cnjradio.com, that we did a while back. Now, I'm glad you mentioned that, Chris. Mm -hmm. uh, the previous one that we tackled while we were reviewing the Friday the 13th franchise, right? I did notice, and I went back and listened to it, Yes. It kept almost steering in the direction of Freddy. Right. And I kept having to like reel myself back in to be like, okay, no, Jason, Jason, Jason. Right. So I kept having to do that, which I guess we could just say right up front here, uh, the inevitability is it has the feel of more of a Freddy movie, this yes. movie. I still That's, agree with that, yes. Yeah. So I'm finally able to let my feelings a little bit more on this loose. <laughs> So I'm excited to do this one. It's never a chore to watch this movie. Right. It's super duper fun. Like I said before, I didn't feel ripped off. I, I had so much fun with this movie. You got to let it go a little bit. Yeah, I do have some more analysis this time around. So yes. let's just get to it. Absolutely. Yeah. And this is, of course, if you have listened to the Friday the 13th franchise retrospective, you will recognize that we have done this movie before. As I said in the intro and in the previous episode, this will be I look at it. I would say 85-90% from the Nightmare on Elm Street side, yeah. which the other one was 90, eh, about 80% from the, the Friday the 13th perspective. Sure. But this is, so this is kind of a sequel, would you call this a remake of our <laughs> previous episode? It's 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 not a remake, but it's, it's not really a sequel either, it's just, I guess it's part two. Yeah, yeah. Which I think fits with the movie, because in my brain... I have a hard time reconciling this movie with absolutely everything that happened in either of the previous franchises, sure. um, including Nightmare, and I kind of mentioned that when we were watching or did our review of Freddy's Dead, oh. how I didn't feel that this could in any way be a possible sequel to that movie because of what they did with the character. Right. So... Yeah, that's a good point. I don't know. We'll get more into that, I think, as we go along, but... Yeah. And, and man, I kind of wish we could have another one by now. Yeah, I, I think here, and I'm well. I'm, I'm a little fifty-fifty on that. I, I say yeah. this, yeah. and I'm sure I would enjoy another one, but I think for me, where I was coming from as a fan, uh, my feelings on it kind of hedged on whether or not those latest two entries of both franchises mm -hmm. would do it for me. 
Right. If they both pulled it off, then I'd be like, okay, they could stay away from each other for a while. Yeah. Uh, in this case, uh, as far as I can tell right now, because I haven't gone back and rewatched the remake of yes. Nightmare on Elm Street, just to be fair. Right. But at the time, Ooh. I was like, all right, well, screw it. Let's just do another Freddy versus Jason movie. Right. Because it's easier to reestablish Jason in his uh, home turf. Yeah. It takes a while. for, As you can see in this movie, mm-hmm. it took a while for Freddy to get his mojo back. So right. you have to do a lot more build with Freddy. And yeah. that's really the key thing in the differences of the personalities. People have talked about this on end, yeah. as, as we have. Right. But... In this film, the other reason, and here's my main idea of why this is more of a Freddy movie, yes. has to do with the fact that the kids are smarter. In the Friday the 13th yeah, movies, yeah. they're not very smart. It's yeah. it's good, fun, dumb stuff. Right. And that's kind of what the kids are like, uh, for the most part. I would like, mostly agree with that, yeah. With the exception of Alice from the first Friday the 13th. Yeah. You know, the one that survives. Right, yeah. <laughs> you know, you gotta have at least one smart one. Yeah, I think for Tommy all. was... was right? Yeah, yeah, but like, overall. Yeah. Like, I'm talking like, supporters sure. all the way down the line. Uh, I we, we agreed up front that we were going to really dial down the Freeberg talk. Yes. Uh, so Already went off on Freeberg in the last <laughs> one, so we, we will not dive back into that. Yeah. So, But overall, the kids in Freddy vs. Jason are pretty hella smart yeah. for the most part. And I'm yeah. using a 2004 term right there. Yeah, that's, that's, that's uh, you know, there there's, of course, going to be some garbage in there, some garbage people. But, yeah, I, I think that... That's why it feels like more of a nightmare movie for me. Even though the body, when the body count gets out of control, yeah, it's nobody we really know, ninety percent of the time. <laughs> yeah, they keep the main group of kids pretty intact until pretty much the end. For the yeah, yeah, for the most well, part, yeah. once the third act kind of kicks off, yeah. they start dropping off a little yeah. bit. But they introduce people like Freebird and the cop and other things like that that come into the group late and then they leave early. Yeah. So they keep the main, they keep uh, Lori, Will, and Kia and Linderman, I guess, are yeah. the main four. They, yeah. they make it to the end anyway. Yeah. So that was my main idea on why this is more of a Freddy picture. Yeah. You know, Freddy gets the narrative. Freddy yeah. has to be the narrative. He's yeah. the one that talks. <laughs> right. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know... It, it comes off very master and servant, yeah. and that's the way it's portrayed. And that's, yeah. and that's another thing that really makes this a Freddy movie. Right. Freddy is the puppet master. Uh, he's he's learned all the way back from part three how to do it. Right. He knows how to pull them strings. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I, I just, uh, that's another key reason of, as to why it's just Freddy, 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 this movie. I agree, and I feel like a lot of the callbacks are more nightmare-based, you have the Hypnosil, you have Weston yeah. Hills, you have, yeah, the, the arms where he gets his arms cut off and yeah. he spreads his arms out. It's, yeah. it, I guess you just, there's not really a whole bunch of callbacks you can really do to Jason so much. You got his mom and him at the camp. and yeah. there, There's a good one in the shish kebab bit. I think we might have talked about yeah, that Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. So you got Callbacks to some of his kills, for sure. Yeah. But most of the story elements are, are nightmare callbacks. The, yeah. the house, uh, things like that, and... Yeah, it's so it's and also the imagery. Friday the Thirteenth is not really known for its elaborate imagery at all, yeah. ever. Yeah, our budgets. It's, yeah, it's it's dark. It's usually in the woods. Sometimes it's in space or a boat, but <laughs> right. it's mostly in the woods. Yeah. Uh, but nightmare is everywhere, and it's it can be anything. And that's 
Although it, the dreams in this one weren't as elaborate as some of the previous nightmare entries got, as far as like going like the wizard and and sure. just going to all these weird places and yeah. and weird realities. Yeah, was, they didn't dream warrior the kids up. Yeah, it, it was yeah. mostly kind of I wouldn't say reality based, but it was like expanding upon reality. Yeah, yeah. So, big big pharma being the bad guy, they're way ahead of their time, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and so I, like you said a bit ago, I I've seen this a number of times and I enjoy it every single time. I think it's a super fun movie. I always forget that that's John Ritter's kid. Yeah, Will. Yeah. The, uh, uh, was it Jason Ritter? Yeah, Jason Ritter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess we talked about Freeberg in the last one. Let's talk about some of the other casts. Sure. Uh, we yeah. talked about Kia, who was played by Kelly Rowland, yeah. and we talked about her, how she wasn't, she's not the greatest actress, at least at the time. I know she's done yeah. some stuff since then, yeah. I think, mostly sure. TV. Sure. So, Lori, Monica Kina, we didn't even talk about, like, the main characters yeah. so much, no, so. that's okay. Uh, we, we were saving it, Chris. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> I thought she was a really good, uh, final girl in this movie, yeah. the, the lead. Uh, she, ever since then, she didn't do a whole lot of stuff she was in the pretty awful night of the demons remake which actually rewatched wow. uh, the they other re- night just they remade that this. yeah wow. uh Linnea quigley actually did make a cameo in it oh good that's uh, something in a least. really weird way which i'll well, save that for later in the in the <laughs> first of all your basis of comparison sure. <laughs> for a Linnea quigley cameo yeah. is within us reviewing a nightmare on elm yeah. street uh, franchise yeah, yeah. so is it weirder than that <laughs> Uh, it's maybe a little bit more uncomfortable than that, I would say. So I'll just leave it at that. Okay. If you've seen it, you may know what I'm talking about. But yeah, this is second appearance of Linnea Quigley in our our franchise review, even though it was only the one movie. I'm all for it. Joe Bob would be proud. (laughs) Anytime we can wedge her into any talk, it's it's great. Hell yeah. Uh, but I thought she was a good final girl. I did... Didn't super care about a lot of the characters, but I, I cared what happened to her, and I, sure. I kind of wanted... I didn't... I don't know, Will... Will and his friend, I mean, those two guys, yeah. super sympathetic, I yeah. think. You know, as, as kind of goofballish as they are, yeah. you know, when it when it becomes serious, they, right. they turn their game on. Yeah. So I thought they were totally fine. Like I said, I, I know I put over that actor, yeah. the previous one, helped me out, uh, the, his best friend. Mark. Yeah. Played by uh, Brendan Fletcher. Yeah. He was really good. Yeah. yeah. And I watched the commentary on it. I've seen it before, right? Because I was remembering some of the things they were said. It was uh, Ronnie Yu, Robert England, and Ken Kurtzinger. Yeah, the guy that played Jason. Yeah. Right? How's that more. How's that commentary? Uh, it was okay. It yeah. was mostly Robert England. He, he said, <laughs> all, like I would say, 85% of the, the stuff in there. Sure. That, and, that sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, we did the, yeah. throughout this movie, it's Absolutely. like he gets 85% of the dialogue yeah. and Ronnie Yu gets his say. Right. Jason, not so much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the commentary is pretty good. It's not really very informative about like the movie and behind the scenes stuff. It was mostly just Robert England saying, oh, I remember that and that was cool. But, yeah. but the point I'm trying to get to is that he was praising Mark's performance in that movie, The, the yeah. Best Friend, because he, he really does do a really good job, and he is kind of the character that takes the brunt of the exposition. Like, he has to explain what Freddy is to everyone, yeah. and and his fear of Freddy is what kind of infects everything else, and it's yeah. it, he has to portray that to the viewer as well. So it's kind of a thankless role, because once he does that, he's knocked off, Yeah, but he's really good in it. Yeah, and, and anybody that can get that out into the dialogue yeah. and it doesn't sound forced. Yeah. And nowadays, like, a lot of these horror movies, and this movie is no exception, yeah. 
people start doing the exposition as they're on the internet. Yeah. As what we do nowadays as a right. people. Yeah. But, like, Mark actually did some work there. Like, right. Figured yeah. a lot of shit out. Yeah. Everybody's like, oh, look at this thing on the internet. It's just yeah. a cliche that really gets old. <laughs> right. I get it. We, we're in the times now. Yeah. So why wouldn't you use it, I suppose, if it's out there? But, yeah, like, he actually, like, figured it out. Right. So, and, you know, it's always the thing. The person that's uh, uh, the ground floor on this is like, oh, he's crazy. You yeah. know, it's, it's always the way. Yeah. So. One of my favorite Mark scenes is when we first see him and Will and, and Will sees the news footage of the house and his he knows his friends are there and Mark's trying to talk to him. And the, the other guy at the table is like pulling on his sleeve, trying to get him to play uh, checkers. Yeah, it was. And he's like, look. I'm not a checkers guy. I've told you this. Go get an Uno deck and we'll talk. I, I just thought that was great because it was really natural and it, it kind of it gave a lot to his character. Like, yeah, it almost sounds improvised. Yeah, know? very yeah. well could be. You know, and it really showed that like he cared, but he was frustrated too. <laughs> right. So yeah, it was. I don't know. He was really good in it. Um, I also liked the character of Gib a lot. Uh, Catherine Isabel, the uh, girlfriend of the first guy that dies in the movie. Yeah. Uh, she was really good. Found out, um, I, I knew I'd seen her face before. She was in the movie Ginger Snaps. Oh, okay. She was Ginger. So the, it came out just before, hmm. I think. And this is that was the movie Ginger Snaps is what got the casting director of this movie to say, hey, maybe she actually auditioned for the role of Lori, but oh, okay. Ronnie Yu was like, you would probably fit this better. And so, yeah, that's I think fair enough. Out. Yeah. yeah that, that totally is fair enough. And for someone who, with the way she is and the personality that they give her, as far as what you're into is your personality yeah. in these movies, cause it has to be right. Uh, normally would be perceived as a garbage person. She comes off as a bit more just confused and still young and immature. Yeah. And, in a way, becomes a little sympathetic. And I, that I would probably, say very sympathetic. And then yeah. has to do with her performance, I yeah. think. You know, she's not just... Bl she's blowing it off, but she's not. Like, it's something that, you know, as far as what's going on. Like, yeah. in a sense of... Like, the tragedy doesn't sober her up. Some people would go one way or the other. Well, she, she went the other. <laughs> yeah, she goes down the dark way. Yeah. Which, in other movies, that probably wouldn't have been the thing. Sure. But also, like I said, because of her character and her performance, I think she garnered more sympathy, even though she made bad choices throughout the film. Yeah. Her bad choice did lead to her demise. Uh, things like that, you know. So, yeah, hey. Uh, drinking, I guess, yeah, you could say that. I mean, she, when you look at, well, a lot of the characters, but her specifically, spoiler, she dies, uh, <laughs> of course, in these, we can't talk about this without talking yeah. about spoilers, yeah. but her death specifically is like she is, Freddy has finally gained some of his power back. Uh, there's the party going on. Uh, she's not aware of, like, any of this, but she's one of the first ones to really get this, all these forces coming together. So she's at the party. She has been drinking too much. She passes out. So Freddy is chasing her through her dreams. Jason is stalking around the rave at the time, yeah. but he hasn't started his big slash fest yet. So he's yeah. still in the in the cornfield where she is. Plus, you have the the rave guy with the the glow sticks that we talked about on the last yeah. episode yeah. that's also stalking her. So you have two supernatural forces. One natural force, like three predatory things coming, converging in one spot. Yeah. It's like, I can't think of like a worse position for any character in either franchises. That's a good point. I yeah. mean, I, it's right there in front of your face, but I never quite looked at it that yeah. way. So. so, and it's just a race of who gets to her first. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's pretty tragic in a lot of ways. 
I don't know. I think my favorite. I don't wouldn't say my favorite character is Gib. I don't know. I just I just really like her a lot. Um, we talked about Ronnie Yu on the last episode of this we did, so I won't really go into his past. If you ha- still haven't seen The Bride with White Hair, go watch it because it's great. Um, if you haven't seen Bride of Chucky, yeah, watch it yeah, because we'll probably fun. talk about it at some point on this yeah. show. Another fun movie. Oh, and uh, also features John Ritter. Yeah, yeah. Ah, yeah, there's a connection yeah, there for sure. Yeah. Apparently, Will uh, Jason Ritter wasn't the person initially cast for the role. Gotcha. Uh, it was someone else. So like I'm Channing sure. Tatum or something. Or? Uh, I don't remember who it was. It was <laughs> Colin a name Hanks, I maybe. Yeah, yeah, I, mean, I, I don't remember that being the case. But yeah. a, a lot of these actors, and probably I'm, I'm sure the crew too, they filmed this in Canada. So a lot of them I kind of started to recognize on this viewing as being like local Canada people. So a lot of the supporting actors, things like that. Okay. Um, you can kind of see you recognize people, especially like TV stuff. And a lot of these people did a lot of TV later on. If they're shot in Canada, you're going to see the same people over and over again. Oh, yeah. But don't want to talk about Ronnie you so much because we already did it. Go listen to that one. But uh, Damien Shannon, Mark Swift, the writers of this, I thought they were had a pretty interesting story because they really pushed hard to get this thing made. Yeah, and talk about, I mean, especially when it gets to, and who knows how much of this was in the original script, like, yeah. getting down to the fight, yeah. like, and uh, how 50-50 it has to be, you know, right. <laughs> like, yeah. in a sense, because you don't want one to look more weak than the other. Right. That's just, uh, that's sports entertainment booking, which we'll get to <laughs> right. later on. So, yeah, I, I just wonder how much of that is, in, I, I'd like to see their original fight script. Honestly. Yeah, that, that's kind of what I'm kind of building up. To. Yeah, there was definitely a lot more, maybe not just of that specifically, but their script, watching some of the featurettes on the Blu-ray, if they had shot everything they had written, the movie would have been like two and a half hours long or somewhere around there. But we have finally gotten the mass and square garden scene that was cut out of Friday so, part eight. Right? Although it would fit in this one more than anything else. But <laughs> no, they didn't really say what was trimmed or, or had to be cut out, but two and a half hours, as much as I like the movie, that would have been too long gotcha. for sure. Yeah. Uh, they seemed disappointed uh, in their interviews. Like, but it just would have been too long of a movie. Yeah. I mean, you can't, you can't build up to a movie like this. You got to and have it go that long. Yeah. You got to keep it fresh. You got to keep it quick. Yeah. That's just the way it is. Now, granted with movies like this, you know, they're, the average is about an hour and a half. Yeah. This one runs about what? A hundred minutes? 105 uh, it's not over 100 is it not Mm-mm. it's yeah. it's m- maybe up to it but it's not over gotcha with credits yeah so yeah you get a few extra minutes it's like yeah even though this is an event movie like you said before yeah you know you gotta keep it tight and this at no point does this movie feel like it's over long at all or like oh they probably could have cut that yeah. scene out pretty much every scene in here means something it's yeah, yeah it's very well paced and like i was mentioning after we watched it this time it's like once you once finally everything comes together and they're they're on their way to Crystal Lake way before I realize it every time I watch it it just happens mm-hmm. it happens pretty quickly in a good way not yeah. in a bad way uh, I think the only thing they could have cut out would have been the uh, the smoking caterpillar and I talked about that in the last yeah. one so I'm not yeah. going to go into it again I know, I know. but I only bring it up because upon watching the Nightmare on Elm Street movies in a row, I now understand the reference better. It's Alice in Wonderland. They've referenced Alice in Wonderland in the Nightmare movies with yeah. character Alice. Yeah. Freddy literally says, welcome to Wonderland to Alice in yeah. their uh, main event fight in part four. Yeah. So, yeah. So, that's why that's there. I get it. I still don't like it. Yeah. I'll move on. I would have figured that reference out right away if they had just put don't come around here no more uh, right. and during that part where he's yeah. smoking out that, 
I would have totally gotten it right yeah. away. But yeah, no, yeah. It, it does take a while. Yeah. The only other thing, so with the script writers, uh, Shannon and Swift, they did the, we probably mentioned this, I don't remember if we did or not, in the Friday the 13th remake, they wrote the script for that. Ooh. Yeah, so so. I'm, I am now fans of these guys. Yeah. They also did Baywatch. So uh, that's fine. Yeah, I, they haven't done a whole lot. It's good uh, work if you can get that. it, yeah. as we like to say. Man, that means they should have done the Nightmare on Elm Street remake. They should have. Yeah, they probably would have been better. Totally should have. I yeah. don't know. I'll, I'll reserve judgment on that until we actually watch it. Okay, but uh, I really haven't seen that movie in like an eleven years. Yeah, now, I mean, at this point, so yeah. And the only other thing about the writing I want to say is they did bring in someone to rewrite their script as to cut it down, to cut an hour out of the, the script. Alan uh, Smithy, right? <laughs> actually, it's someone that you know his work. Uh, David S. Goyer uh, did I know it. that name. Oh. Uh... His, I wrote down a lot of his movies before and after. He's very, he's kind of 50-50 in, in my view. All right, I have I know I've seen that name, and I'm not just saying that. Okay, go ahead. So some of the stuff he did prior to Freddy vs. Jason, Demonic Toys, if you've seen that one, uh, The Crow Two, City of Angels, oh, <laughs> one of the worst movies yeah. you could ever watch. He did the Nick Fury movie starring David Hasselhoff. If you've ever Wait, seen that one, no, that, do you know about that? That exists. Yeah, it's oh it's a God. thing. I, I remember seeing that. That was one of the early because I saw it pretty close to when it came out. That was like one of the like when you think superhero movies that's what people were referring to because that was actually kind of big uh but he also did good stuff prior to freddy versus jason the blade movies which the first one i like sure yeah yeah. dark city which i like a lot dark city's very good and then afterwards batman begins it's good oh uh, yeah yeah he did ghost rider not not Ooh, good yeah, yeah yeah the only other one i'll mention because it's kind of relevant is batman versus superman so another, like, <laughs> not really necessarily franchise, but sure. big character battle thing. And I would say, sitting here <laughs> at this moment, I enjoy Freddy vs. Jason more than Batman vs. Superman. Yeah! Um, uh, that, to be fair, I've never seen Batman vs. <laughs> Superman. I don't necessarily dislike it, but it gets way out of control. Uh, the only other thing mentioned about casting, of course, Robert England. He's fantastic in this movie. He's always fantastic. He's scarier in this one. Yes. Um, or back to being scarier again. Not the back to being scary again like in Wes Craven's New Nightmare. It's a little bit different. This is, yeah, it's it's more classic Freddy than not. Yeah. And I even mentioned that while we were watching it this time. And this is specific to this franchise yeah. review. Is it he hasn't really come with the gag so much. And when he yeah. does, they're super dark. Yeah. Like the implied sexual bit he does before he gets pulled into the uh, real world. Oh, like, yeah. Like, that is a gag, but that is a dark gag. Like, yeah. it's not like stuff that he was doing before. Right. So, I like the point being made to, like, keeping Freddy dark here. Yeah. So, yeah, the... The caterpillar. I'm not even gonna put that on him because mm -hmm. it's not him, even though it is. It is. So it's yeah. like it is, but like let's just forget about yeah. that part. But every time he is the manifestation of yeah. the Freddy figure, he is just the right amount of like maybe first movie Freddy into about part three Freddy. Yeah, like the first half of part three. Yeah, yeah, I would yeah. say that. Yeah, for sure. And then, uh, of course, I mentioned him, Ken Kersinger. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. I'm not sure. Sounds uh, right. The guy that Kane Hodder really, really hates. So, I don't know if he personally hates the guy. Yeah. I know, of course, he was bummed out yeah. that he didn't get to do the movie. I like Ken in the movie, though. And Ken was is yeah. taller than, than yeah. Kane Hodder, so that's one of the reasons. It's unclear who made the decision to not bring Kane Hodder in, but apparently he was never like in the running for being Jason in this one. Anyway, but Ken Kurtzinger did play 
Jason once before. He doubled for Jason in Jason Takes Manhattan. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. So he's in a few of those scenes. Huh. Okay. And that's one of the reasons why he got the job in this one. Of course, he's just a big guy, and they yeah. wanted that difference between Jason and Freddy, the height and size difference, and I think it, it I don't wouldn't say it requires it, but I think it helps it a whole lot, especially when you see them face off in the flaming cabin yeah. towards the end. It's fantastic. I love that, that visual yeah. of seeing that. Yeah, absolutely. So, before we get to the fight, I don't think we necessarily need to talk about the plot of the movie, because we've already talked about it. Yeah. Freddy brings, they, they're both apparently in hell. That's not super clear. Sure. In this movie, but it's supposed to be following up if, from when Freddy was killed and Freddy's dead, he goes to hell. Yeah. Even though his worm demons are gone, which <laughs> to me means that he doesn't have any powers anymore. But whatever, we'll forget that. Sure. That's why I still don't think this can be like a 100% sequel. Sure. Yeah. But also we know that Jason is in hell because after he, that's literally in the title of one of the previous movies, I want to forget that movie so, so much. So I don't want to even qualify that as a Friday the 13th movie. So I don't count that one either. How many people kind of bullshitted themselves at the time going, no, it was pretty good just because of that shot at the end that got them all excited. Uh, I bet you a lot of people fold themselves. I'm sure. Yeah. For that reason. Get excited because that's the last thing you see. Sure. That's a movie is awful. Yeah. If you want to hear more about it, go listen to it. We talked about it, and Oof. I hated it. <laughs> but if you take those two movies out, Freddy's Dead and Jason Goes to Hell, I think this is a good sequel to everything else that came before it. Sure. And I think it works well. Yeah. But I just have to discount both of those, because I don't think they work in, in the... What, what do you think? Do you think this can be an actual sequel to both of those movies? Yeah, like how far back are we going? Are we going... Uh like Friday's five and Jason eight or something like that. Like, well, like, do you think that this is in line with what happened throughout all of the, both franchise movies up to it? So like, how far back would you have to go to make it make sense? Or do you think, do you include all of it? I can buy it without including new nightmare, well, Jason yeah. X. Yeah. Those, those are Th- separate. Those two, like you said, uh, I, I could buy it with those being part of the overall canon with of it. With Freddy's yeah. Dead and yeah. Jason Goes to Hell. Yeah, I mean, like, I like that... I, I do... There, there is that slight disappointment that we didn't get that big hell payoff that they talked about, like, yeah. maybe in some of the original script and ideas. They were supposed to start in hell. Yeah. yeah. That, that's where apparently Penhead was going to cameo and some other things, you know, they're going to yeah, try to get... they talked about that. It was yeah. going to be like uh, It's going to be like the pod race scene or the sentence scene in Star Wars, yeah, Phantom right. Menace or yeah. something. Like, all these Easter eggs. But, yeah, I mean, like, it, then it gets just down to Freddy in a black background. So this is Freddy in some sort of hell, some sort limbo, of limbo kind thing, of thing. Yeah. So, like, that's that's all we get. Like, yeah. that's, wow, that's a that's not even a compromise. That's just a no. It's, We're not doing this. <laughs> it's the least complicated way to get this movie to start, and yeah. I think it's okay. We were going to get this big, epic hell shot, you know, which could have rivaled what we saw on Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, which I'm not making fun of. Yeah. That shit looks good, <laughs> yeah. especially at the time. Yeah. Uh, but we got uh, a montage instead, like right. with stock footage of yeah. footage they already owned. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> there was a really weird... And, and, no, and no Jason flashbacks. Think about that. That's what, what makes it more of a Freddy movie. What do you There's mean? no Jason flashbacks. There's, Freddy, there's the, the Freddy music video montage at the beginning. Yeah. Oh, but no, his... but no Jason footage flashbacks. Yeah. That comes later in the dreams, though. All that information. Yeah, no, I understand that, but yeah. 
Like, that's one thing that doesn't make it 50 50. Up front, yeah. And that's what makes it more of a Freddy movie, also. Yeah. I'm not arguing about it, yeah. And which is wild because, you know, one of the biggest champions of doing this film was Sean S. Cunningham, yeah. creator of Friday the 13th. Yeah. And it's kind of crazy that it does seem more like a Freddy movie with him being the upper poobah, you know, title of executive he's, producer. He's one of the producers, yeah. Yeah. There's like four producers in this movie. Yeah. He gets the executive thing, which I know probably means you're not as hands-on. Yeah. That, that's actually code for yeah. not a day-to-day person. It, but like the fact yeah. he would have the say in creative control with the, uh, you know, with some of the properties he might have, I, I would hope. I'm not sure how much input he had on the final product because it had been so far removed from his like final big push because that happened like in the mid nineties when he was trying to get it made. But this was 2003 when this came out. So I think he was, he's still given the credit, but I don't know of any creative input he had on what we actually saw. That's interesting because I could buy the fact that there's a lot of guys that have created these things that don't have that kind of power to their character anymore. It seems like Wes Craven can't really tell the studio what to do with Freddy anymore. And also, like John Carpenter can't do the same with Michael Myers, even though he does now because he signed a new deal. But Charles Cunningham always seemed like he was pretty hands-on with the Jason stuff. So that that does surprise me. Even, I mean, there was... didn't see any Fangoria articles about this, and I just didn't look hard enough. But sure. in all of the behind-the-scenes stuff that I watched on the disc and thing, and the articles I read, I, yeah. Sean's name never came up. Okay, so ceremonial title, I guess. I, it, that's what it sounds like. Huh. So who knows? Yeah, it, it'd yeah. be interesting to, to maybe dig a little deeper and find out if anybody uh, gets to attend a convention and Sean S. Cunningham is there. Ask him that question. Yeah, even sure. if he's upset about it, you're going to get a good answer out of him. Right. Sure. <laughs> so. That would be the question I would ask. Yeah. So, not to beat a dead horse about the whole, like, I don't really see it as a super clear sequel. Especially just talking about the nightmare side of it. So, in this movie, they say the police are saying that we've had four years of peace. And so, I went and I looked up because... As we've been watching all these nightmare movies, I've kind of lost track of the timeline. <laughs> sure. It's, it's, yeah, it's easy to do it up yeah. front. <laughs> so the last nightmare movie in continuity before this one was Freddy's Dead. Because okay. again, Wes Craven's new nightmare doesn't exist in this reality. Right. And in that movie, it said like 10 years from now. So whatever that means. Apparently, in the timeline that I've read where people did more, took more time to, to research all the movies and whatever put the timeline together and this is supposed to take place four years after freddy's dead the final nightmare hmm. so there was a big uh, population resurgence in having kids i guess yeah that's kind of where i'm leading is that the springwood from freddy's dead was as we said almost post-apocalyptic looking they would it was like tumbleweeds through the streets the parents and adults were all insane uh, daycare people talking to invisible kids yeah so how do you come back from that i know four years isn't a short amount of time but it's not a super long amount of time either they probably got a factory right or like an air force base <laughs> right but there are kids in springwood at this point there are teenagers people who were teenagers at the time that this was supposed to have happened yeah. also Lori's mother was supposed to have been murdered by freddie Around this time. Yeah. Freddy was killed in Freddy's Dead. And at that time, the Thompson House, 1428 Elm Street, was empty. So how was that a possibility? 
It's not. Yeah. So you have to discount Freddy's Dead and the yeah. canon of this. So that's what I, this is what I'm that's what I'm trying wow. to do. Yeah, you built up to that over the last twenty minutes. <laughs> I'm trying to jettison that out. Okay. Of it so that we it's can out. Make, yeah. It's gone. Yeah. I mean, by that rationale, I don't know why I didn't think about that when you put the question to me. Yeah. But yeah, I mean. You know, you can only have so much good property value, right? <laughs> to like bring a town back from death, right? So, so yeah, it, it just it shouldn't count, I guess. Then yeah, and of course I'm thinking too hard. It's yeah. it's just a movie or, I should just relax. But, or or maybe in yeah. Freddy's Dead, <laughs> going yeah. back to Freddy's Dead, yeah. If that Wiley e. Coyote little uh, tear in the screen uh-huh. is some like alternate universe, yeah, maybe. And the only way he can operate is in something like that, yeah. where he can control the population a little bit better. Sure. I don't know. The pocket reality, sure. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll accept that. Okay. It, right, it makes right. as much sense as anything else. Why not? But, I, yeah, I just had to get it in there. Because ha- he has to die. <laughs> yeah. So he has to be dead. So he it does to have to, It does yeah. have to count. Yeah. So that's the way I'm helping so it to the, count. the hell works in all the universes, apparently. Yeah. So, yeah. If Freddy can do Wally Coyote tears in the screen, he can find a way out of hell. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Done. So I'm glad we figured all that out. <laughs> so I did mention the Thompson House. Uh, I did want to say uh, something about the Thompson House in this movie, 1428 Elm Street. I always call it the Thompson House, Nancy Thompson. Yeah, yeah. But uh, it was interesting in the deleted scenes that I watched. So in Ooh, you, so you watch those bad alternate endings. Oh, I did watch those, but oh. I'm talking about one before. So okay. there's the dream in the movie where Lori is. She what happens exactly? She's she's in her own house at some point and she's outside and then there's that shot where she's looking at the front of her house and the blood goes down the door and it turns it red. Mm-hmm. So we're used to except for the first movie, the Thompson house has always had a red door. Yeah. And so we're used to that. In the deleted scenes, there was actually a scene where whenever Lori wakes up the next day, she has she has this memory of the dream that she had and she goes back over to her own door and it's like orange i think kind of orangish and she starts to scrape it and you see the red paint underneath so i think it's a little unnecessary uh, yeah. but i thought that was an interesting okay. kind of right. nod to the original um also yeah, i haven't seen that scene yet. yeah also i did notice on this watching that Lori was not in Nancy's room. She did not sleep in Nancy's room because her room is on the side of the house and Nancy's was right over the the front door. Okay. So that's because that's where Glenn walked up. Nod to the nightmare movies, though, is that Will would climb up the trellis. He climbed up the trellis the night that he saw Lori's mom getting murdered. Yes. So that's a little nod to Glenn from the original, I think. Which means it got rebuilt. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And and all the bars and stuff got taken up the, the windows. Yeah. I did notice there was no whole like little thing in the door for someone to get pulled through there. So it <laughs> clearly God. wasn't the original door. Yeah, that's a, <laughs> that's a good thing. Yeah. Uh, one thing that does make it a Jason movie, though, I think is the nudity. There's a lot more nudity in this one than yeah. in any of the Nightmare movies. Yeah, that that's a very fair assessment. Yeah. I'm sure none of us were upset about this. <laughs> but one of the things that does make it super much a Nightmare movie is I mentioned it before all the imagery and there's a lot of callbacks with that Um, I do want to talk about Mark's death for a minute because I think it's one of the best we both picked our favorite one from the in our last episode and we picked the one with I think we both did where it was the first one where Jason had the machete and he was uh, stabbing Trey in the bed repeatedly and then smushes him in the bed yeah but I think Mark's is really well done too and it, it has a very important part in the story as well yeah 
Absolutely. Anytime you can play with... It, there's a lot of sibling death in here, you know? Uh, yeah. Family death. Yeah. So that those two deaths are the main crux of the emotion of the film. Yeah. And I think they're both uh, done very well. Yeah. Uh, and both of those characters that are the best people and best well-rounded characters in the film right. get to have that. Yeah. So, yeah, the Mark thing is just heartbreaking. Yeah. It's, it's so awful. And he worked so hard <laughs> and he helped so much. Right. And he said all of his stuff. Mm-hmm. And sadly, he became unuseful after a while, yeah. which is very sad. Yeah. And, he, and someone like that has to die to motivate Right. You have to re-motivate the characters and give them a sense of revenge and, you know, I'm not going to let your death go without purpose. Yeah. And his death was the thing that proved to Will and Lori that Freddy was an actual thing and they weren't just dealing with Jason because whenever they're outside his house, there are bars on his house, his windows and doors, and they're watching... As he's burned alive, Freddy sets him on fire in his dream. Also, there's snakes in his dream, which is a reference back to a lot of, uh, a lot of them. But really, to me, it was like Tina when she had the snakes all around her in yeah. the, the original one. Yeah. So it was that. Plus, part three, there was a reference to that because Freddy carves out a message to Will and Lori on Mark's back. Literally saying... Freddy's back on his back as he's burned alive. I never caught the double pun there. Yeah. Oh, he didn't really. <laughs> no, yeah. I really didn't. Yeah. Yeah. Oh so, my god. Uh, so he's he's very punny in this one too, but it's a little more subtle. Yeah, it's a little more subtle. Like I said, when he when he does it, it's still very yeah. dark. So. <laughs> um, the movie's not perfect. Uh, there's some things that I was like, uh, okay. So like the, I think this is a reference to in the dream where Freddy is fighting Jason for the first time in the dream world and he's throwing Jason all around the boiler room and it starts the pinball noises. Didn't like that a whole lot. Sure. Um, He goes tilt and that reminded me of the Breckenmeyer death in Freddy's Dead where he's like pinballing around the house. Yep. But I I could see that. Yeah, and that, that, that along with it's not as bad as the Caterpillar because what is? Yeah. But yeah, that one, it didn't need to be in there. Yeah. Uh, like Freddy's become a Sith Lord all of a sudden. Right. Also, well, it's a dreams, but I, I understand that. But you never really he, see him do that. Has he really ever done that that no. much to the kids? No. If he could have done that, I mean, I guess he learned it in hell. He could have done it. Yeah. Yeah. He learned by all the Sith Lords in hell. I guess. <laughs> sure. Yeah, that's what he's been doing with his time. <laughs> is that another shared universe yeah, upgrade? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I want to see uh, Freddy and Count Dooku do some damage together. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or at least get another, have them versus. Right. That'd be fun. Why not? <laughs> Um, also, some of the, the writers, Swift and Shannon, kind of blame it on the condensing of the script, but uh, some of the lines are pretty hokey, I think. The one that stands out that people have talked about is when they're having the meeting in Freeberg's house and Lori's sitting over there on her own on the couch, and she's thinking, she's, oh, Freddie died by fire, Jason died by water, how can we use that? Like, I was laughing about that as we were watching it this yeah. time, saying well, to you, like, I 100% think that as Swift and Shannon were talking about this movie in the like their little writer's room, yeah. that is a line that they literally said to each other. And right. so they were just like, oh, let's just put it in there. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so Poochie good for everybody? Yeah, okay. exactly. Right. So, yeah, it's, it's a little hokey, but also... I think it's that fun kind of hokey. If you've seen Bride of Chucky, I think it's great. It's super comedic. It's it's yeah. a comedy first, yeah. 
Um, Evil Dead 2, comedy first, horror second. But the horror is serious. Yeah. Like, the horror isn't jokey so much. Yeah. And I think this is kind of the same. Although, even, it's not even a comedy. I wouldn't consider this a comedy as much no. as even those were. But even when it does get kind of jokey, the horror and the blood and stuff is still serious. And there's still some creepy moments. Uh, one of the creepiest things for me is when Freddy realizes Jason's past. He kind of dives into his brain and he literally turns Jason into a child, a la Jason Takes Manhattan. Yeah. And when he's... <laughs> a way better yeah. way to do it. And not that everybody even loves the scene in this movie, yeah. but at least if you're going to compare the two, you're like, okay, yeah. that's fine. Well, it's really disturbing to me because when they're little baby Jason is there and his little bald head and then Freddy takes his one of the finger knives and slowly pushes it into his brain yeah like that's disturbing to me yeah yeah and I'm like he can do that yeah like that's another thing like like he can access memories through blood yeah. basically yeah. like well he's in your brain anyway sure yeah. like even in the context of a dream that yeah. is messed up yeah so that was cool. And that led to that uh, sequence where Lori... I don't know how Lori gets into these dreams as well. Uh, there's The group has the idea that they need to take Jason to Camp Crystal Lake because... They want him to win. Yeah, they want... Well, the idea is that they think that Jason will be able... They're going to send Lori into the dream to pull Freddy out. Yeah. And if Jason wins then he's already at home and there's no reason for him to leave exactly and if freddie wins then like well he's in the real world maybe we can do something about it so yeah. that's the idea yeah but how does Lori get pulled into the dreams that's unclear but whatever maybe she has some latent dream powers from <laughs> Kristen and alice and everything but something about that house man <laughs> but the dream that Lori goes into that's at camp crystal lake I thought that was a neat way to do that, to tell you, if you haven't seen any of these movies before, this is Jason. This is what Jason is. Sure. Turns Jason into the sympathetic, not lead, maybe not completely sympathetic, because he's a big-time murderer. Sure. But... It helps. He, Yeah, you end up pulling for Jason because of this sequence. You see him being bullied, you see Freddy bullying him, just like the kids in his real life did. Yeah. And by the was, way, that since we're talking about it... That shot of Freddy bursting out of the water, that thing is aces. That's what I'm getting to. So Jason is in the water because he's scared of water. Uh, well, not scared of water, but it... it Close enough. It, <laughs> it stops him. It makes him yeah. think because that's how he died. Yeah. Same way that fire has... Even in the original movie, it freaked Freddy out because yeah. that scream that he let out when he realized that Nancy was trying to burn him... Yeah. Like, we pointed that out. Any fire he can't control. Yeah. It, like, you know, any non-boiler room fire. Because yeah, it reminds both of them <laughs> yeah. of, of their deaths. Yeah. But uh, whenever Jason is, wakes up in the van, that pretty funny sequence where they're like, Kia, you need to give him mouth-to-mouth, -mouth, and he's spitting blood. I, I like that, though. I thought that was fun. Yeah. But Jason is out, and Freddy realizes he sees Lori in the dream. He realizes what's going on. Mm -hmm. He leaps out of the water... And the whole screen turns red. Yeah. Really good use of like light and color in this yeah. movie. And then when you see Freddy on the pier 
and he's got the like devil makeup on this time. It's yeah. it's redder, it's darker, it's angular. There's like he's got the pointed ears and nose and things. Yeah. That's the way I wanted him to look in New Nightmare. Yeah, yeah. I thought I loved that. I thought that was great. And they didn't overuse it. It was just yeah. in there for a few shots and yeah. then it was done. Yeah. I thought that was really really great. I loved that a lot. Also gets uh, if, if we're trying to put forward the fact if you feel that the agenda is to make Jason the baby face yeah. here yeah. in the scenario if we're talking uh once again, sports entertainment. Yeah. yeah, then Freddy is firmly established as the yeah. big bad heel here. <laughs> so. Absolutely. He's definitely the... It's it's more of like an anti-hero thing with yeah. Jason, I oh, think, sure. in this movie. Yeah. It's the best of a bad situation. Sure. Um, because you can run away from yeah. Jason. And it's it's not the alien versus predator, whoever wins, we're all screwed yeah, kind of thing. Right. It's like, well, we may have a shot with one of them. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, because at least he's slow. <laughs> right. So you want to get to the final fight? You want to do some fight analysis? All right. It's about time of waiting two episodes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, more than that, actually. But these yeah. two episodes, we're, gonna, uh, n- we're not going to do the tail of the tape or anything. But uh, fight analysis, the way it starts, let's start with that reaction. The realization yeah. as Freddy's realization that shit's on. Yeah. So whenever... You mentioned it when Lori was trying to pull Freddy out of the dream world. And she does... And he doesn't realize it at first because he's just attacking her. and He's on top of her. Yeah. But then when he feels the fire and he realizes that Jason is standing behind him, the look on Robert England's face that he gives and that when he kind of shrinks a little bit yeah. and kind of backs away. And it's one of the only times you see that look ever on Freddy's face. And I think it's great. Yeah. Yeah. That's it's such a good choice. Yeah. Whoever's choice that was probably Roberts mm-hmm. uh, obviously it will say something like that in the script but yeah. who's going to make that face but him right. it's yeah. just, just great and then you know even the even the cheese ball kind of Rambo like later Rambo movie things yeah. where like okay now the music kicks in yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah. and then like it's yeah I, I buy into it every time yeah. and no part of me says like oh yeah. Every part of me says, oh yeah, here we yeah. go. Yeah, because you know? it's fun. And they're, they're posing. They're obviously posing because <laughs> yeah. Jason's just standing there. Yeah. The whole place is burning around him and there's the pose off before the big fight. So, and then the bell rings and they're off. Yeah. And in all the history of the Nightmare on Elm Street movies, mm-hmm. the most obvious way Freddy could and should kill somebody is like direct stabbing with all of your claws. Right. And I know he does that to Kincaid in part four. Yeah. Like, that's a big one. Yeah. And I know he does it in some of the other ones, but nothing mm. else really springs to mind. But him being able just to go full glove, just clack, yeah. clack, clack, yeah. like, all the claws are all in, you know, here. Yeah. And, like, you never get to see that. Yeah. Because if he did that to anybody else, it's like instant death. Yeah, they'd be dead in, like, a second. Yeah, but he gets to do, like, 20 of those. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, this is what... This is part of what we want to see. Right. So you have to have a guy like this. And yeah, that's why he's like eight feet tall in this movie. Yeah. For reasons like that. Yeah. You know, yeah, he's going to feel it after a while, but it's going to take a long ass time. Right. It's going to take a lot of heavy things. Yeah. (laughs) I don't think he's necessarily going to feel it. He's just, his body's not going to be able to do anything anymore because his pieces are going to be on the ground. Yeah. And that's, that's my first quick impression of like what I enjoy about this fight. Yeah. You know, and definitely, and it's it's definitely the like big tank guy versus the the little guy with brains. Yeah, because Jason is just like he always is, just walking towards him, slashing as hard as he could. If he hits Freddy 
a few times, Freddy's probably going to go down. So Freddy has to run around. He tries yeah. to keep his distance. Yeah. Um, he uses the environment to his advantage. He cheats a little bit. Sure. But, uh, it's like, uh, you know, talking about classic fights. That'd have been like if Sugar Ray Leonard in his prime fought Mike Tyson. Even though they came from the same yeah, era, yeah. They, were out of the, they were out of weight class. So they, yeah. they never fought each sure. other. Like something like that. Because you, you wonder, like, yeah. they're both excellent. No. But... Like, Mike Tyson would have to catch Sugar Ray. Yeah. Sugar Ray could wear him out, maybe. Yeah. Like, that's really what that is. Yeah, but so. if Tyson got a couple good punches in, he'd probably, anybody yeah. would be down. Yeah, anybody. Yeah, <laughs> yeah go watch those uh, yeah. montages of knockouts. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like, I, I know I said this the last time, but, mm. you know, I just love watching the fight. I, I could almost, it's one of the only movies, that if you didn't have the time, you could just go in and watch that part. Yeah. And be satisfied. Yeah, for sure. So It's definitely, yeah, absolutely. So you mentioned in the last time we did this that you had money on this. Who, did you say who you put money on? I did put money on Freddy. Freddy, okay. But we agreed. Uh, I think both of us that had the bet going at the time uh, agreed that it was a push. Yeah. So none of us would have to pay money. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. I think on points, Freddy's definitely going to win this fight. Yeah. So yeah. as far as like connected strikes, he won by a mile. Yeah. Um, Creativity. Creativity, like just yeah. you know, I'm doing the little <laughs> finger on the lips yeah. thing. A lot of creativity. You know, you see those things like, okay, I I liked the idea of this little subtlety here. It's not subtle, mm-hmm. but some people wouldn't think about this watching the movie. Mm-hmm. You know, I guess non-hardcore fans. I'm like, wow, there's a lot of construction stuff here at Crystal yeah. Lake. So what are they building up to? Right. Like... This is the gate to the next Friday the 13th film, which yeah. didn't prove to be part of the remake yeah. at all. But I like the sentiment that someone's always trying to rebuild this place. Right. And, you know, so I never question why there's all this construction stuff in yeah. there. I'm trying to figure out what use the oxygen tanks have. Uh, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm like, not a foreman or anything, but. <laughs> I'm sure there's like air power, you know, like nail guns and stuff. They have yeah. little hoses with the. I don't know. Yeah. I don't, I'm not a construction guy either, but. Sure. Yeah. It, they were convenient. And I'm, gotcha. Yeah. It's going to be a big balloon camp. No, it's going to be a clown college. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. Oh, by the way, we've been building this up as like a, a dream boxing match or a dream wrestling match. Yeah. Just in case. In case. Did we mention this on the last one? That the, the guy who was... I think Robert England had two stunt doubles. Oh, yeah. I don't think we did. And one of them was uh, the most famous Lucha Libre wrestler of all time, mm-hmm. Rey Mysterio Jr., who I, I say Jr., because the other Rey Mysterio, who was his uncle, mm-hmm. uh, was in his own horror movie, yeah. WrestleMania, yeah. which is a ridiculous movie. It's it's fun. Yeah, but it's it's totally worth watching. Yeah. But yeah, anytime Freddy's doing, a, a, I call it a parkour Freddy. Yeah. That's Ray Ray. Yeah. So and uh, he's one of the greats of all time in my Absolutely. book. So it's really neat that he's part of the film. He's uncredited though. Like yeah. they don't even use his real name in the credits. Oh really? Yeah. No. Oh. No. He's he's on the IMDb page, but it's uncredited. So I thought that was really strange. Yeah. I'd be curious. I mean, you can never ask these questions. I'd love to know how much he got paid for it. Did he get residuals? Like, that kind of stuff. I, I don't know. But I don't think he's union. So that's the other weird thing about it. But who the hell knows? I feel like he'd probably have he to probably be. He probably would have to be yeah. for something like that. But, yeah, I don't know. I just like the fact that he's one of the Freddies. Like, he's yeah. he's the bounce-around Freddy, as I like yeah. to call it. Like, in the two major scenes, the, the, the fight dream. in the boiler room yeah. and in this final battle here. Yeah. I'm not sure who the other guy is, though. But I know he definitely he definitely has a a taller stunt double, for yeah. lack of a better term. Not that Freddy's tall in any way, right? But Ray is is definitely just a little bit shorter yeah. than the average Freddy is. He's a little wider too. Yeah, he's got also. much more, many more muscles than Robert England does. Yeah. So, 
Yeah, there you go. Fun fact in case you guys didn't know that out there. <laughs> so the fight is going on through. We mentioned the Kia thing where she gets slashed in between uh, by Jason when she's mouthing off to Freddy. Yes. Um, ends up on the pier with that, that great scene. They're just both hacking away at each other. Freddy gets hacked in the side at one point. But, of course, Jason's just like pieces are coming off at a certain point. Yeah, do you question the motive of our uh, heroes now at this point? The ones just watching the fight? It's, <laughs> like, yeah, it's just down to Will and Lori. They're the, yeah. the last ones. So Lori's idea to set the pier on fire. Yeah. Uh, do you question the motives or would you have done the same thing uh, hypothetically in that situation? I don't know that I necessarily would have done the same thing. But I understand it from the character point of view. Yeah. Because she just realized that night she learned that Freddy is the person that killed her mother. Sure. So she so, wants them both to just. She wants to make sure that this is the end gotcha. of it. I would think, like in reality, maybe that you would wait for the winner, and then just try to kill them because they yeah. already know who you are. Right. So the risk of them finding you again is there, no matter if it's Jason or Freddy. Yeah. So I'm thinking, maybe wait till the final blow. In reality, is all I'm saying. Uh, Not I in don't a movie. Know. I feel like she has a better chance when they're both distracted with each other. Yeah. So. But like I said, if you set the fire, you risk them leaving the area, possibly, if that's the case. Maybe possibly. they're both too stubborn and stupid yeah. to not leave. Yeah. But Freddy's not uh, Freddy's not sweating the water. He'll dive, no. in. Yeah. He'll dive in there and, and go to the next town and yeah. figure it out, you know? I mean, really, I don't think Jason is either, because he's been in water a lot throughout the movies, and he always gets out of it. He, I think the, the subconscious Jason is stopped by water but i think the actual real life jason isn't going to be stopped by it because he's been under the lake for years at a time so yeah and he learned how to crawl out of it at least a few times yeah especially in this movie and he did leave crystal lake a few times to get people on his own volition not when even when he was like stuck on a boat or a spaceship like he did leave to get uh alice in the second movie when she got killed in that opening scene like he wasn't at crystal lake so yeah i think it was smart of her to Try to eliminate them both, but maybe, yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe it wasn't the best time to do it. Gotcha. Because yeah. it would have been two against one at that point. That's yeah. kind of what I'm getting at. Oh, uh, I gotcha, so, yeah. yeah. I just figure when they're distracted, maybe you could... Sure. Uh, like yeah, I said, it makes for a better movie. Yeah. Not the other <laughs> way around. So um, I love the that whole thing on the, on the pier when Jason brings down the machete and he gets slashed and his fingers fall off in mid-swipe. Yeah. And yeah, it's, Which, it's all good. In all these movies, and I, I swear I, I know I didn't bring this up the last time, mm-hmm. the fact that that one little thing, which would be tragic for anybody, yeah, proved to be his Achilles heel. Mm-hmm. So you got to treat him more like a real person almost in that right. sense. Like, that's what it took after all these years. <laughs> no one ever thought to chop off his fingers, which is right. a massive Freddy callback, too, by the way. Yeah. Freddy's had his fingers cut off more times than who, sure. who the he hell cut knows. His own fingers off. Yeah, exactly. It's fun for him. Yeah. <laughs> but like Jason just completely that's like if he was losing this, mm-hmm. that's how he lost. That that yeah. was the beginning of the end for him. Yeah. Which seems so simple, especially in the realm of four movies. Yeah. I love that. It plays so well. If you can dismember Jason, he's not going to be able to, unless you count Jason Goes to Hell, which I don't, right. he's not going to be able to do anything because yeah. he's in pieces. He's not going to be able to, I guess apparently he will be able to pull himself back together because he was rotting at the beginning of this movie and his he came back to life from being like almost a skeleton at that yeah. point. Yeah. 
He has a decent amount of regeneration. It's yeah. it's because he's plant based. Yeah, but it's like right <laughs> to the ground. <laughs> yeah, he's he's connected to nature. We talked yeah. about that in our our previous in our Friday <laughs> retrospective. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Jason could have called down the rain to put out the fire if he wanted to. Yeah, exactly. We established that those powers in our our talks, <laughs> but it would. I think the only real way to beat Jason would be... Do you remember Castlevania 2? Do you remember the plot of that video game? I always cheated to get to the end. <laughs> it's way too long. At that point, I just was thoroughly confused by it. So, so it's basically where Dracula has been dismembered and you have to collect his body parts from all over the world. Not world, but all over the place. Yeah, so I that's d- what you do to Jason. You, okay. you have to take his chop his head off and put it in a castle over here take his okay. stupid Jason goes to hell heart and put it at the bottom of the lake somewhere yeah. and try not to eat it on your way yeah. uh, to the next place <laughs> yeah Apparently. have a full meal before you do that <laughs> yeah you, so you're not tempted so, so tempted <laughs> let me tell you um even uh, on the diet I'm on right yeah. now not even remotely tempted <laughs> no no <laughs> but for Freddy I don't think you can kill him at this point in the franchise the Nightmare series there's there's no way to do it. You sucked the dream demon worms out of his body, and that still didn't do it. Yeah. He's been killed in the real world maybe twice, depending on how you figure the end of the first movie. Gotcha. But he still won't die, so there's absolutely no way to, right. to deal with Freddy. It's the first time he's had his head chopped off. Yeah. yeah. Spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> well, he did sort of get blown up. I, don't, I guess that doesn't count. No, but, I mean, yeah. like, the fact it was an actual beheading, yeah. his head was made to be a trophy. Yeah. Like, the whole thing. And obviously that doesn't really matter. Right. The only other thing I can think of is, like I said, we could talk on and on about how great the fight is. Yeah. It's, it's, it's very fan friendly. I think it's great. Yeah. That last shot. So talking about the beheading of mm. Freddy, where Jason comes out of the water and he's holding Freddy's head. Mm. Like, what's up with that? Like the, the whole, like, this has to be a dream. It's way too smoky. I was expecting uh, the Ash crossover to finally yeah. happen. Yeah. I really was. <laughs> yeah, it did feel like the lake from Evil Dead. If if there had been the like Evil Force camera, the first yeah. person camera zooming through, yeah. that would have been a great callback. Or I, a I reference without having to actually pay for that reference. You yeah, know? yeah exa- exactly. Yeah. yeah. So that, that's what I was expecting. So it's a weird shot, like... Man, like, I guess maybe in that part of... I, you know, I've never been to Jersey. I don't know how foggy it gets. Yeah. But it, that was just odd. It's like, it, you know, yeah. six hours later, you know. <laughs> that's, that's what's going on. It, it was, yeah. It, <laughs> And I, I don't know how to necessarily explain it. It's, it's like the ending of a lot of the Fridays and a lot of the Nightmares in that it could... Maybe it's a dream because yeah. that happens at a lot of the end of the Friday the 13th movies as well yeah. where it's a dream sequence that, that someone wakes up from yeah. um of course the the nightmare movies it's never clear apparently that final scene or that final shot of Jason walking out of the lake with Freddy's head in his hand uh, Robert Shea came up with that apparently okay. so the yeah. if you have any problems with it that goes to Robert Shea, the villain of this retrospective. <laughs> he really is. And he's in the film. Oh, yeah, he is. So yeah. there's a couple cameos, or I guess one necessarily isn't a cameo, but it's something to mention. But yeah, Robert Shea, when Will and Mark go to find Lori, uh, Robert Shea is, what, the principal? Yeah, at said? least the vice principal. Yeah. I, was, I always say vice principal because that's the one who's there every day. Right, yeah. <laughs> the actual principal doesn't do that. Yeah, exactly. But I didn't... I mean, it had been so long since I'd seen the Nightmare movies before 
our last viewing of this. Yeah. I didn't recognize him, but this time I was like, oh, that's Robert Shea. And I like that you saw it. We didn't, we didn't read yeah. about it on the internet or anything. Yeah. Like, it's just by watching it. So yeah. we finally caught him. <laughs> yeah. One thing we did read about, you told me, uh, uh, Evangeline Lilly is in that scene in the yeah. hallway. She, I, when I was watching the commentary, I looked for her, and she is standing right behind Mark when he's talking to Lori and singing the Freddie song. So you can okay. see her, like, she's right there. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy because, like, she was... She, like lost was just about to happen oh okay so yeah. like she's maybe about a year or two tops yeah so she's already she's playing a high school student yeah right? <laughs> sure yeah which i know that you know it's like it's, it's fine yeah. it's been going on forever i <laughs> yeah. just watched breakfast club again the other right. night and judd nelson's 25 in it yeah for real like okay. not, not his character although you could right. kind of see that <laughs> like you'd, you'd buy it that he'd been right. held back for eight <laughs> years so yeah, the I I don't know if I really like the way the movie ended like that. I think they could have just ended it on the pier, just sure. like watch as Laurie and Will walk off with everything burning. I would have been totally cool with that because you see the what was it the the machete like sank into the lake. Yeah. That would have been a great way to end the movie. Sure. Uh, I guess they needed it for our Robert Shea thought they needed it for the fans yeah. to be like. Maybe keep the laugh. I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, <laughs> when you see Jason walk out and he's got Freddy's, he's palming because he has no fingers anymore. Yeah. He's just like literally palming Freddy's head and then Freddy winks at the camera. Yeah. Like, eh. Maybe some extra dialogue with uh, those two driving away and saying they're going to start a new life together far away from where Maybe. they live. And you go back to it and you get bubbles. Now, those bubbles could yeah, mean anything. That could mean a lot of stuff. It'd yeah. be like the ending of 3 when the light comes on in the, the house, the little paper mache yeah. house. Yeah. It'd be subtle. You could interpret what you want out exactly. of it. Exactly. That way, um, in case they don't do another one, okay, it's a death. Yeah. Or, no, they're still breathing. Yeah. Something. Yeah, I think that would have been good. It's better than the alternate ending on the Blu-ray. All of those are <laughs> just effing terrible. Yeah. Oh, and I'm going to shift... Before we get to the kill count, mm-hmm. I'm going to shift this into the direction of Jason winning here. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you have the uh, respected Blu-ray box sets of both franchises, mm-hmm. Freddy versus Jason only appears on one of them. Oh, okay, yeah. And that's the yeah. Jason box. This, okay, so, that's fair. Which is weird. Yeah, I don't know Because why be. it's a new line picture. Yeah, that's weird. So it's, it's crazy that it's not on there, but you can only own it in box set form. On the Jason box huh. set. There you go. That, that's I why guess, you keep me around. I guess history is written by the winners, right? That's, I, yeah. I guess he won. I know one place he won. So let's get... You want to get to the body count? <laughs> yeah. If we are... So we said that Freddy won the final... I said that Freddy won the final fight based on points. But if you're actually counting... I guess these would be considered goals. Like uh, actual like scoring a goal. That's uh, a very video game movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jason wins by a landslide. Yeah. So there are... I talked... I said the numbers on the last time we did this, but I didn't actually go through all the kills. So that's what I'm going to do as I do in these retrospectives now. There are 19 total deaths in this movie. I'm going to go through them quick as sure. I can. And if you're trying to pre-guess... Who, how many kills Freddy has versus Jason? Yes. Everybody out there. Okay, yes. ready, Chris, go. Okay, number one is Trey, the guy that we, the, the douchebag boyfriend of Gib that's like, don't make me tell you twice. Yeah. And after they have sex and she goes to have a shower to, to clean off all the 
the jerk from Trey <laughs> off her body. He is repeatedly stabbed with a machete in the bed, and then the bed is folded up, and Gib sees it, and they run out in that really fun scene. Like, do you, you need some assistance? What, what do you think? Like, I love that. <laughs> Death number two is Blake's dad. Blake is the friend of Trey, who should have been watching his sister at home, and if he had done that, then his friend would still be alive, possibly. Um, but Blake's dad is sitting on the porch beside Blake after Blake falls asleep. And it, in one of the most, I would say, careful kills that Jason has ever done, <laughs> Blake's dad is sitting there and he looks like he's fine. But then when Blake turns to him, his head just like flips forward off of his body. So mm. Jason actually sliced off his head very cleanly and put the head back on no, the dad's body. No, he didn't put it back. Oh, he he was holding it down. Oh, because okay. otherwise there'd there'd be blood everywhere. That, at this that's point. fair. That's there a good is point. Yeah. Zero blood until he starts geysering. So it's kind of kind of like when you like the the uh, pulling the uh, tablecloth from the table and everything exactly. stays on top. Yeah. Have you seen those guys with the ninja swords that like yeah. have the the 12 pack, uh, bottles of beer? Yeah. They, yeah, yeah. It's the same thing. Cool. Alright, so that's number two, Blake's dad. Number three, of course, would be Blake. <laughs> Freddy tried to kill him, but he didn't have his power back yet. Uh, there was a, So, the return of some of the religious imagery, you see a goat in Blake's dream at this point, yeah. which can be goat-devil yeah. kind of connection there, yeah. and then the devil face of Freddy later on. So there's yeah. a little bit of that religious stuff in there, but it's never, ever a big part of this movie. Right. But uh, Blake is killed when he wakes up. Jason comes upon him, and by this point, Blake has his dad's head in his hands blake tries to protect himself with his dad's head and jason slashes through both of them yeah number four is the glow stick guy from the rave he got <laughs> yeah uh, we talked about him in the the last time we did this he's the one that got the shish kebab and then thrown out through the sky yes. number five unfortunately gib did die in that same shish kebab scenario when she was Passed out, being chased by Freddy and stalked by uh, Guy and Jason. Number six. So these are going to go pretty quick, these next few. Sure. Number six is the bigger of the two party guys that Jason confronts. Yeah, the discount Jack Black. Yes. Uh, no, not that one. The other one. Oh. The bigger, the, the taller oh, one. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. He is number six. He gets his head completely spun around. Number yes. seven is the discount Jack Black, the yes. one with the, the hair. He gets a flaming machete thrown through his torso as he tries to run away. Greatness. Yes. Number 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, and 13 are all slashed partygoers. There's yeah. just that sequence, the music's blaring, Jason's yeah. on fire for half of it, and he's just slashing people. I counted all of those through that. Yes. Number 14, we talked about it, Mark. He is burned alive and slashed while Will and Lori watch. Number 15... The security guard at Weston Hills is crushed by the door that Jason pushes over. That's right. I always forget about that yeah. one. Number 16 is Stubbs, the deputy, the, the clueless yeah. kind of deputy that helps the kids. Yeah. The guy from Dead Man on Campus. Oh yeah, I always forget that. Yeah. <laughs> he is electrocuted by Jason, kind of a thankless role and thankless death. Yeah. Number 17, the guy that we avoided this time, Freeberg, he is slashed in half while being possessed by Freddy. It's yeah. a cooler death scene because he's just like just the one slash of Jason and yeah. his body just flips into. Yeah. And his best line of dialogue was done by Robert England. Yeah, right. <laughs> Number 18, Linderman, the nerdy kid who likes Lori but ends up liking Kia in the end because she's mean to him. He is. Such whenever, a sad death. Yeah. Not as sad as Mark. 
but it's it's, still it's, really it's, sad. it's very tragic yeah. and he's the man like that that's such an alpha thing to do but yeah. in the best possible way so question on on linderman in this scene so he kia will and Lori are in the barn when it's burning and freddie is pulled into the reality he linderman gets shoved across the room and he lands on that whatever that bracket on the wall is it looks like a yeah. shelf support or something maybe yeah. and he slowly bleeds to death because yeah. he does get out of there but he just bleeds to death by a tree would you want to have seen him and kia actually kiss before he died because there's a deleted scene where that happens i think i'd be okay with that yeah I feel like maybe even Kia knows what's going on. Oh, she knows. 100%. So she probably... Sh- I'm not going to say she should have. I'm not going to tell somebody what to do. <laughs> yeah. At least kiss him on the cheek, goddammit. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, yeah. I- I'd have been cool with it. Yeah, I would have been fine with it either way. I think it's... Because it's a weird situation, but... Uh, I, I think know. maybe the ultimate decision in not doing it was... Man, they came real far real quick. So yeah. maybe we shouldn't go with that. Yeah, maybe And, so. you know, just, you know... He's going to die with dignity either way. Yeah. So I and think it, it was just like a last minute decision. And I think maybe it gives you a little bit of hope or at least makes you think that Kia has a little bit of hope. That, sure. That whenever, that she is going to come back. Yeah. Because if she had kissed him, then you know, 100% he's dead. Yeah. Uh, but he dies right after that anyway. Blood loss. Yeah. And yeah. number 19, the final death in the movie is Kia. We talked about it. She's mouthing off to Freddy. Jason slashes it from behind. Yeah. It's a really well, funny that, thing where that dialogue Freddy, is aged very well. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it didn't even. It wasn't even good then because no. the even in the the comment, not the commentary, but some of the behind the scenes stuff, the writers were like, "We didn't write that." Like we complained about it, but it somehow stayed in the movie. Oh, good for them for saying something yeah. at least. Yeah. Jeez. So, yeah. nineteen total deaths. Did you catch what the the count between the two were? What does Freddie have? One kill. One kill. He killed Mark. And one of the most meaningful deaths. Yeah, yeah. One of the most elaborate ones, but if it's quality over quantity, Freddy's got it. If it's quantity over quality, then Jason with 18 to Freddy's 1. I think a little quality argument there. I will say a little bit on Jason's behalf, though. He he got creative with some of them. Like the Flaming Machete and the the, the new Shish Kebab 2004. Yeah, throwing him through the sky. Those are pretty badass, I gotta say. And and the precise uh, beheading. Yeah. (laughs) All new stuff. Yeah, that's fair. Like, uh, someone bleeding out from their internal organs? Yeah. That's new for any slash. Yeah, because you don't... If you encounter Jason, you're not going to get very far. Yeah. So there's no time for that to happen usually. Wait, how does do you, do you remember? Because I should have been paying attention. The Linderman thing. Mm-hmm. Who does someone push him? Does he get does he get tossed by Freddy or Jason into that thing? Jason. Who, okay, so Jason does yeah. get there. Okay, that I was just uh, wasn't quite sure. Yeah, because he's he and Kia are closer to Jason. Yeah, and there's that shot where. They're both trying to fight because Jason slashes the machete and it gets stuck in the table. They're trying to play pit fighter. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and Jason just kind of waves his arm. So it wasn't an intentional thing. Right. He just pushed him off and he fell into the, the thing on the wall. Sure. Yeah. But it still if, counts. If it was an older Friday movie, then he would have just gone through the window and died by yeah. getting stabbed by a shard yeah. or something. Yeah. But yeah, like it was very creative. Yeah. And it was a good payoff for the character, <laughs> even though he wasn't a super important character. Like, it helped pay off the Keo one. Because she was kind of a jerk through most of the movie. Yeah. But then their confrontation, and it redeems both of them, yeah. really. And she was... Uh, I never caught this really before until breaking her character down in that way. Yeah. But she basically piggybacked off of what he did to save her friends, which she knew would be probably her demise. Yeah. But she did it anyway. Yeah. 
So she learned something. Yeah. As short learned as it was. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, eight, 18 to 1. Yep. Jason on the kills. And uh, so when we do the uh, ultimate review wrap up here, mm. Freddy only gets one tick. Yeah. On this uh, on this thing here, so yeah. that's just how it has to be. And it it fits really with a lot of. This is the lowest kill count for Freddy in any of the Nightmare movies, but it still fits with the difference between the two franchises. Jason always almost always has a huge body count yeah. when compared to Nightmare, which is usually hovering around like three or four. It yeah. usually never gets out of yeah. that range. Yeah, but I just love once again. I keep going back to it. It's Sean Cunningham versus Wes Craven. Not that yeah. they, not that they don't yeah. get along or like each sure. other, but it's like, they, yeah, hey, they definitely do because Sean Cunningham helped with the original Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, so it's just like, you know, the the give the people what they want method, popcorn, yeah. bunch of kills, all that kind of decadence, yeah. and Freddy's more cerebral, just like Wes's versus Sean in a it way. It is, and it very much fits both of the mentalities of the franchises, how they started, because Wes Craven didn't want to necessarily make a typical horror slasher movie he wanted to make this fantasy thriller i'm doing yeah. air quotes because yeah. that's what he said that movie was yeah. whereas sean s cunningham was like how do we capitalize on halloween like that's yeah. all he and, wanted to do and that's why he's yeah exactly and that's why he probably is the you know executive producer of this movie yeah. and not wes craven because right. you have to have a don king to make this happen yeah and he is the don king of the two this is not a deep movie but it is a very very fun movie yeah yeah all right that's all i gotta say yeah that's it we have one more stop on the nightmare franchise retrospective yeah. though yeah movie wise yeah, yeah we do we got one more movie and then the wrap-up mm -hmm. And then, uh, yeah, we're going to jump, I, like I said, morbidly curious. I think I've already said it, uh, to see how this works. I'm such a big Robert England mark. It's just going to be weird seeing Jack Hero. Now we've watched them all in order again, like in such short yeah. time. Watching Jack Hero Haley do it now is going to be weird for me, I yeah. think. And, it's uh, going to be a completely separate kind of thing. Yeah, but, you know, they made a part of the franchise. So we got to do it. We got to do it. That'll be the next one you it hear on Last done. Theater. Well, yes. okay. And you'll be able to hear it on cnjradio.com, the home of the Last Theater and the entire CNJ Radio family of podcasts. Go there, check us out there, go to Twitter and interact at the Last Theater and let us know what you think of who do you think won? Is it more about creativity? Is it points or is it whoever kills the most people? Like what do you think? Of the battle between Freddy versus Jason. Yeah. Even if you don't use this movie, because this movie is a push. Yeah. Like, how many Friday movies do you like versus Nightmare or vice versa? Sure, yeah. Do it that way. If that's yeah. how you want to rank it, do it that way. So that's that's it. Uh, oh, Okay, here we go. See you on the next one, Chris. Bye.